Everybody doing good? All right. So real quick, as we go into, uh, before we get into today, you know, we have the Super Bowl next week. Like uh, Katie so eloquently put it, none of our teams are in it. So um, Joe Burrow's in it. Who is going for the Bengals in the Super Bowl next week? Anyone pulling for the Rams? <laughs> Who doesn't care? That's crazy right there. You guys are probably just going to watch for the good commercials, but it's all good. But um, there was a tradition that um, I know I talked about. So a year ago, actually today, my first Sunday was exactly a year ago, and it was Super Bowl Sunday, but the Super Bowl was pushed back a week this year because of the extra game. But I, I talked about something on my first day here, and what I like to do on Super Bowl Sunday, it was a tradition we did in California, and I, we did it our first Sunday, my first Sunday here with you, is on Super Bowl Sunday, wear your favorite sports something to church. Um, baseball, hockey, football, just everyone come wearing a sports something. And it's just a fun way we can all be unified um, or all against whatever I'm going to be wearing um, on Super Bowl Sunday. So, um, you know, I, I'm not just a 49er fan, so maybe I'll shake it up and bring something else. But um, it'd be fun next week, and maybe we'll do something fun before service as well for Super Sunday. But I'm um, glad to be here with you guys. Um, you can turn your Bibles to a, a couple different places, book, bookmark them or dog ear them. Um, Hebrews chapter 1 and Exodus chapter 3. We're going to start a new series today called The Always God. And in this series, we're going to talk about some things that God always does, despite our circumstances, uh, despite how we may feel at times. There are certain things that we know from Scripture God will always do. And we're going to unpack a bunch of those and, and see how we can uh, apply those to our lives today. So as you're turning there, uh, let, me, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a relationship or had a relationship where the other person goes dark? And I mean like radio silence, they are, they are gone, you've been cut off. Not even a romantic relationship, but even like a friendship where all of a sudden, from one end, it's, just, it's over. Someone stops replying, someone stops texting, the phone calls aren't coming anymore, and it's just, you've been ghosted. It's the term that I learned the, the younger kids are saying now. It's called ghosting somebody. You've been ghosted. I've been ghosted before. And I know it drives me nuts getting ghosted. I start wondering what their problem is, not what my problem is. Like, why, why did they ghost me? What, what, did, what did I say? What are they upset about? This has got to be their problem, right? Why are they doing this? And it drives me nuts. And I know I do my best to respond to people as best as I can. And I'm not perfect. There are times where I've told people, yes, I'll get back to you. And then life happens, and I forgot to get back to somebody. And then when it comes back to me, like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for you, it's one of the worst feelings in the world for me. <laughs> to know that someone's waiting on me. I always like to keep the communication line open. I'm not perfect, I mess up, but I do my best to get back to people. And that's why I think it drives me nuts sometimes when I'm waiting on somebody and I'm not hearing from them. And not just in the moment, because I know that, again, just like I mess up, people mess up. But, but when the communication just stops, it starts to eat at me. It really starts to drive me crazy. For example... Uh, this, this Christmas, uh, my mother-in-law got me um, a fun gift uh, for Christmas, and it was an advertisement that I saw on Facebook. I was like, oh, this would be really, really fun, so I put it on my Christmas list. And on Christmas Day, uh, she's, we got to spend it with her, and she gave me an envelope, and I opened it up, and it was the order form for this thing that I wanted. She said, I already ordered it. It's on the way. It's coming from China, as a lot of Facebook advertising products do. But it's coming from China. It'll get here eventually. Here's the tracking number and everything. So I was so excited for it. And some time went on, and some more time went on a few weeks after Christmas, still waiting on it. Well, it finally showed up a couple weeks ago. And I was so excited. I, I opened it up, and it was not the right item. It was just like, oh, man. Now, just so you know, it was a, it was a 49ers thing. 
but they sent me a Kansas City Chiefs thing. It's like the person in the room went, oh, same, you know, red and white. Okay, that's it. So they sent me a Chiefs thing. And so I was like, oh, and it, it still looks cool. And I actually have a friend up here who's a Chiefs fan who will probably end up getting it. But I was like, I was like oh, this wasn't, this wasn't the gift. So we opened up the communication chain with this company. The only way to communicate with them was via email. No phone numbers. And as a matter of fact, the big red flag was if you click on the product link again, the website is gone. So we're like, oh. Okay, well, we had the, we had the order form with the email. So we email them. Say, hey. Just want to let you know, send them a picture and everything. This is what we ordered. This is what came. Is there a way to send it back and, and get something, get, get it corrected? And they replied with this. They said, we are so sorry we want to make it right. Keep the item. We'll refund you $10. It's like, wait a second. I don't want $10. I don't want $10 in the wrong thing. I either want all the money back or the right thing. Like that's, so, so I emailed them back, said, hey, uh, you know, thank you for getting back to me. I would really like the correct item. Is there a way we can send this back and get the correct item or send this back for a refund? And that's fine. Guess what happened? We've been ghosted. 100% ghosted. The company doesn't email back. Um, I know they're still getting the emails because the emails aren't getting kicked back. But I've replied a few times like, hey, did you get this? Hey, we're still waiting. But there's been total radio silence. And so now we've had to reach out to PayPal to get them involved because it was all done through there. And PayPal has not ghosted us, thank goodness. But, um, but now we're in the process of waiting for that. But I remember just the, the kind of feeling of just like, I feel wrong right now. I feel like I know they got it because they, they knew they were in the wrong because they offered a really lousy solution. But they offered something, but it wasn't what I was looking for. And now I don't hear from them at all. And I know sometimes when we don't hear from people or we, we feel like we've been wronged and we're trying to reach out or just when the communication stops, so many emotions happen. You, you start getting confused. You start getting angry. You start wondering why. And it can lead down a whole tra a rabbit trail of wrong attitudes and wrong thoughts. It, and the more I, I thought about, particularly in this situation, but the more I think about this in general, the, the, the more I see our relationship with God kind of playing out. How often in our life do we feel like God is not speaking to us anymore? How many times have we gone through something? I think we, I can, it's easy to say that we've all gone through something in life where we're like, you know what, God, I'm reaching out right now and I just don't hear from you. I feel like I'm getting ghosted by God. And that can be a very common place for all of us to be. But this week, we're going to talk about things that God is always doing to us. And I will not say God is always ghosting you. That is total opposite of where we're going to go today. But the goal of this is we're going to see how just as God moved in the past through Scripture, he moves in the past in a lot of the same ways that he still moves today. We just may not look at it the same way. He moved in the past and he's moving in the present. God is always working. God is always moving. God is always speaking. God is always listening. There are so many things God always does. For example, in scripture, we see God pursuing people. Lots of examples of God pursuing people. And he pursues people then. And I bet if you look hard in your life, you can see God pursuing even you or other people in your life today. He pursued then and he pursues now. We see God restoring people. God, throughout Scripture, there's some amazing stories of people who are just down in the dumps, who have done horrible things, and God takes them to new heights that we never could have imagined they would go to. God did that then. God does that today. In Scripture, we see God provide for people. He provided in the past, and man, he provides for people today. I think I've shared before, of, if I haven't, I will on another day, but I've, I've experienced in my home growing up. Remember, there's 15 kids in my family we experienced a loaves and fishes moment, and it was amazing to see God provide for my family when we knew there was not enough food, there was not enough resources, but God providing. He provides today. God, God has not changed his character over time. He's not changed who he is, 
And the one who revealed himself as the great I am, he is the eternal. He is, he is the self-existent, the infinite, the all-powerful. He is the man who can do it all. He is still God. And what I want us to understand as we go through this is the I am still is and will always be I am. Nothing will ever take that. The I am still is and will always be I am. Nothing will change that. There's no law that will take that away. There's no political movement that will take that away. There's no amount of mess ups that we can do or things that we can change in our lives that will change who he is and how he loves you. He will always be there. And today I want us to learn how God is still speaking. God, throughout scripture, he always speaks to his people. He is still, he spoke then, he is still speaking today. And, and in scripture, when you read, when, when you see God speaking, man, it seems like almost the world kind of stops. There are some incredible things that happen when you see those, when you see the words of God come, or even when Jesus speaks and you see those red letters, some amazing movements and things happen in scripture. And we still see that happening in the world today. We know from scripture, the words of God have so much power that he spoke the world into existence. All he had to do was say the words and everything was formed. Ten times in the book of Genesis, we see the phrase, and God said. And whatever he spoke either came into being or it was obeyed and fulfilled. The power of the words of God are like no other. When we read the Old Testament, we see God speaking to his people in Israel, and he continually speaks through them in ways. Sometimes he speaks directly. Sometimes he speaks through prophets, but when he does, we see, we see more prophets come. We see priests raised up. We see kings raised up. And also when God speaks, we see kingdoms fall. There's power in his words. Today we're going to look at the life of Moses. And I love, if, you, um, if you've been doing the Bible in a year chronologically with me, we're, we're in the middle of the story of Moses right now. So in the, in the Bible plan, Moses just got the Ten Commandments in yesterday's reading. And we're going to talk today about Moses and how God spoke to Moses and some parallels we can have with God speaking to us today. So Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2, we're going to see uh, God speaking here. Now, the first couple of uh, verses in the book of Hebrews put it like this. God speaking through his son. It says this. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Through whom he also created the world. Now, we read about God speaking throughout many pages of scripture, and the purpose of today is going to acknowledge that God speaking, this was not something that was just for the Bible times. This was not something that stuck in just the Old Testament. It didn't end in the New Testament. It didn't end in the New Testament. This is something we see throughout today. God speaks now. And so I want to begin by asking you this question. And you can, you can shout out your answer. Do you believe God speaks today? I'll ask you again. Do you believe God speaks today? Yes. All right. If God speaks today, then we have questions to answer, right? The thing is, it's easy to say yes, I think. We can say, does God speak? Yes. But then maybe your mind comes to some of these questions. I'll put these ones up here for you. If God is still speaking, how can we know it's really him? been asked that question so many times. That's the question I still struggle with sometimes when I hear God speaking. How do I know it's really him? Another one you may have. What does his voice sound like? When God is speaking, what does his voice sound like? Maybe you have this one. Is his speaking audible? Is it intelligible? Do you hear this booming voice from heaven the way people have in scripture? Or you have this one. How do I know when it's me thinking or God talking? Have you guys ever had any of these questions come in your, your walk with Christ? I, th I think most of us have had maybe one of these at some point. And these are really important questions. 
I think these are all questions we have to dive into, we have to dissect, because we have to try and figure out, is this really just something I want? Is this something God wants? Is this just my friend talking? Is this God talking through my friend? There, there's a lot of times where we have to try and differentiate and decipher how God is speaking to us. Is God speaking? But let me ask you this. When was the last time you knew it was him speaking to you? When, and just think this will be obviously different for everybody, but when was the last time you can say, all right, I knew I was doing this, and I know God told me whatever it was he told you. When did God speak to you last? Was it when a situation arose that you had to deal with? Was it when there was a major decision before you? Was it when you had a, a choice to go left or right or, or make a, even it's a basic choice, but was God giving you direction on it? Was it when you needed wisdom? How do you know how to discern it's him? And how do we know it's him speaking to us today? So we're gonna dive in today and look at how God spoke to Moses. So Exodus chapter three, starting in verse one, it says this. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Can't imagine what Moses is experiencing, you know, a, a bush burning, but then not on burning, and then an audible voice talking to him through the bush saying, I am God, and saying all these names of lineage that Moses knew. Terrifying moment, right? But Moses is there, and he turns aside. He was afraid to look at God. Now, there were a couple authors, Henry Blackby and Claude King, and they wrote a book called Experiencing God. And when, when they took this passage, they found some uh, four distinguishing marks of how God speaks, and specifically how he spoke to Moses in this. And I think these are great. I wanted to share them with you. One they took away was they said, when God spoke, it was usually unique to the individual. When God spoke, it was usually unique to the individual. The burning bush was, this is the first time we see God speaking in this form to Moses. And other times, we see God speaking differently to Abraham. Throughout scripture, we see God speaking to Elijah differently. We see God walking in the garden and having conversations with Adam and Eve differently. So, so when God chooses to speak to somebody, it's usually different and unique to the individual. There, there's not one way God speaks to every single person. God is bigger than our insecurities. God knows how we'll react. He knows how we'll respond. So when, when God talks to us, I think he's going to speak in a way that is unique to you. A way that we, we get to know that it's him and not somebody else. It's going to be unique. The second is when God spoke, the person was sure God was speaking. I love that, that in this passage, he introduced himself to Moses. He said, Moses, it's me. It's God. And what did Moses do? Oh, no. <laughs> Put up the hands, hid, but he was sure he was talking to God. He made sure it was a unique encounter, but Moses knew it was him because God introduced himself. The third, they said, was when God spoke, the person knew what God said. If you read through Moses, he doubted many, many times that he was the man for the job. I, I love that when we go through the story of Moses, he, he doubts that he's the man for the job, but he doesn't doubt what the job is. He knows what God's telling him to do. God makes it very clear, Moses, this is what I have for you. And we see him all the time say, you know what, God, I don't think I'm the right guy. Um, what if they don't believe me? And God says, well, they'll believe me, and I'm going to be speaking through you. Then Moses says, well, I'm not good with my words. And God says, well, I'm going to send your brother with you because he is good with words. 
And then Moses is just like, well, what am I supposed to tell him? God's like, tell him that I am God and I'm coming. But Moses continually doubts that he's the man, but he never doubts the job God gives him. He knows very clearly what God, is, what God has given him to do. And the fourth was, they said, when God spoke, this was the encounter with God. There was no looking behind another door. There was no wondering what's going on. This was the experience. God was speaking to them, and that was an experience on their own. Now, now when, when I've talked about this before with people, the immediate kickback is one of these questions. He goes, yeah, but Dustin, that was then. That was then. This is now. Moses was different. I'm not Moses, to which I would say, you're right. You're not Moses. You're you. God made you you. And sometimes people go, that was just specifically for the Bible. That doesn't work that way today. He doesn't speak like that today. I've never heard him speak like that to someone that I know. I've never seen a bush on fire not burn or an audible voice come down from heaven and knock me off whatever I was writing like it did, Paul. I've never heard this before. I've never looked at God face to face and had a conversation to which I would say, you are right, me neither. I've never had this particular moment, but I can't say I've had other moments where I know I've deciphered God and heard God talking to me. I get it when we have these questions, but I wish I could experience something like that. Wouldn't it be crazy if you saw a burning bush not burning? I mean, I think the only thing you could say is God. (laughs) There's, There's no other explanation for something like that. It would be incredible. Exodus 33.11 says this, Thus the Lord you speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. This would be awesome and terrifying at the same time. To have God come and show up in my office tomorrow and say, Dustin, grab your hot chocolate, let's talk. Oh man, I remember there, there were times where working, you know, your boss, you know, the, the phone rings and it's like, Dustin, come to my office. You start doing the walk of shame down the hallway. It's, can't imagine in that moment if God just comes and says, Dustin, sit down, let's talk. Is it going to be like, yay, God's here? Or, oh, no. <laughs> what are we going to talk about now? It would be an amazing but terrifying experience at the same time. Because God doesn't typically do that, right? He doesn't just show up face-to-face and have a conversation with you now. In fact, Scripture assures us that when we speak and we're living for him and we give our lives to him, he may not be face-to-face with us, but we can recognize his voice. We all have the ability to discern and recognize his voice. God is still speaking today. And when he speaks, and we're going to unpack more of how to recognize his voice and how he talks to us. But when he talks, we can be sure. We can be sure he's speaking. We can be sure of what he's saying. Even if we doubt ourselves, we can be sure of what he's calling us to do. We can have an encounter. We can have an incredible experience with the living God today. Jesus put it like this in John chapter 10, 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. For those of us who have kids, it's an uncanny ability we have, right? If we hear a bunch of kids screaming and crying, we can immediately go, none of those are mine, right? Not my kid. But then there's the moment where you hear off in the distance, the, ah, my kid. (laughs) You, You know who that is. And I can walk in the house, and I know if I walk in the front door, and I just say, Hey, everybody, you know, my, my girls would be like, Daddy's home. If somebody else walks in the house and says hi and they know it's not me, it's a different reaction because they know my voice. They know what I sound like. Um, even if I call them on the phone, they know who I am. We have that same relationship with Jesus. When we listen to him, when we give our lives to him and we're devoted to learning what his voice sounds like, we get to that point where he talks and we know his voice. You can clearly hear what he's saying to you. But it's not an overnight thing. The I am speaks, but how can we be certain? And we're going to go through 
um, how God speaks, I think, to a lot of people. We're going to compare it with specifically how he speaks to those who follow him. So some ways God speaks to us, and there's a lot of different ways God speaks to us that we can all be aware of. One, God speaks to us through creation. I love creation. God speaks to us through his creation specifically. Sometimes people think, uh, some, you know, people think, I, I sure wish God would just write it in the sky, I am here. And everyone could see it. But you know what? When I look up into the sky sometimes, even for me, or I'm standing on the top and I look over and I see just the, the beautiful landscape God has done. Or you're on a beach and you see the waves and the, the clouds. For me, I look out and I go, what about this doesn't scream God? What, what, what about this creation doesn't shout out, I made this, he made this. For me, I can't look out and not think of what a wonderful, beautiful God we have to create something so amazing. He speaks to us simply by looking out at what he's done in his land. Psalms 19, 1 and 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals his knowledge. We were, uh, we were blessed enough to, last year, um, Stephanie's parents took us to Hawaii with them. And we got, we got to go and, and go to the beach. And sitting on the beach, I remember saying that to, to Stephanie. We were just watching the sunset one day. And it was just like, how can you not see God here? How can you not see God here? But then on the flip side, we come here to Washington. And it's totally different landscape than Hawaii. But even when we look through the fog and we see the beauty through the fog in the mountains, we say, how can you not see God? and what he's done in his creation. Scripture specifically says, when we look into the sky, it screams God's handiwork. And that's true, we know God did, because none of us get to stand on a mountain and go, look what I did. You don't get to look at the sky and say, I did that, right? All we can do is marvel at what he did, because he is speaking through it. We know in those moments, there's something bigger than us, something greater than us that has to be the one speaking to us, and that's God. Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 1, 18 to 20. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse." God speaks to us through his creation. It's saying there's no other way to look at creation and not know that God is speaking through it. There's an author, a Christian author, Rebecca Barlow Jordan, and she said this, by observing an ant's strength to store up food all summer long, we can learn God's wisdom and work. By planting and growing a garden, we see the cycle of death and rebirth. If you place your, your finger on, on your, your pulse or you feel the beating of your heart or, or you take a breath without even thinking about it, these are things that God created. God created your ability to breathe without even the conscious thought of breathing. He created your body, the ability to have your heart beat and pump blood through it. We don't create these things. We see God speaking through the creation, and he speaks to us there. I think one of the biggest ways God can try and get your attention is simply just by looking at what he's already created, and you can see him speaking. A second way God speaks to us is through a conscience. We all have a conscience. We all have that voice saying, do it, or what are you thinking? Don't do that, right? We, we've got the, the cartoons do it as the, the angel and the devil on your shoulder, right? Do it, do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I love it when the cartoons do that because it's so, such a clear visual of what goes on in our heads with our conscience sometimes. But Paul writes this about a conscience in Romans chapter 2, 14 and 15. He says, for when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves even though they do not have the law. 
They show that their work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. Now, our conscience is a, is a funny thing, because um, sometimes we can really trust our conscience, but sometimes I feel like we, we can't fully trust our conference because we are conscious because we do have that sin nature. We do have that, that desire that creeps up to say, oh, this looks good. I'm going to go for it. And your conscience sometimes can, can start steering you the wrong way. Um, because of sin, we can deceive ourselves to a degree. Now, I mention this because uh, there's, there's an old saying, you know, it says, just follow your gut. Sometimes you can follow your gut and it feels really good, but sometimes following your gut can lead to, oh, but I really, really want to do this and it's not the right decision. Or a phrase that I know this one drives me happy when I hear someone say it. They go, man, it just feels right. Sometimes what we feel right doesn't really line up with what God feels right. Or, or the line, well, just do what makes you happy. That one, that one just, I cringe when I hear someone, when, especially when I'm talking with someone and, and I know there's something in their life that's not going right and they go, oh, well, I'm happy. Like, oh, man, that's, that's not the point. Oh, so our conscience sometimes can lead us to go down the wrong path. The Bible goes as far as to say our conscience can give, uh, by giving ourselves over to sin, our conscience can deceive us by giving us over to sin and the enemy. So we have to be wise in using discernment with our conscience when it comes to listening and obeying it. There's no doubt, though, that written on every one of our souls is eternity. Part of our conscience is written to look at eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. He's put eternity into man's heart. So, so there's a part of our conscience that God can speak to us through. God can be that still, small voice in our conscience that starts leading us in a way that lines up with his word. If we sit still long enough, and believe me, for me, it is hard to sit still. I don't like sitting still. When I'm on the phone with somebody, I pace. Um, Stephanie tells me that I probably get more miles in on the day when I'm on the phone than when I'm not on the phone. Because I walk all around the house. I'll do laps here. Sometimes I'm on the phone here and I'm just walking around the parking lot. I just walk when I'm on the phone because the sitting still is hard. But sometimes we have to sit still, be quiet long enough, and let your conscience bear witness to some facts that we do know. Let our conscience understand the difference between right and wrong. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. Let our conscience show us the desire to have justice take place, for wrongs to be made right. Let our conscience show us we have desires that the world cannot fill, and there's only one person who can. And we know these things, not just because we were taught them as a child, but because it says in that verse, someone wrote them on our heart. Someone wrote this desire to be with him, this desire for community, this desire to serve God. It is literally embedded in our DNA, written on our hearts. God can speak to you through that voice in your conscience. Another way God speaks to us is through circumstances. And circumstances, or when uh, we like to say, life happens. Life happens. And sometimes you're like, yeah, life is happening. And sometimes, man, life happens. And it is. It can be bad and down and out, right? This is just life. But when I know this. When life happens, God happens. When life is happening, God is happening. And again, it takes some spiritual discernment. It takes listening. It takes pausing your life to, to see God working through the circumstances. But I know that God doesn't just work through our circumstances. I think God can speak to us through the circumstances of those around us as well. We can see other people and their walk with God. We can see God moving things in people's lives. And that can translate into how we better understand how to listen to God. I know that, like with our, with our conscience, we have to be careful in how we interpret this, though. But there's no question, I think, that God speaks to us through all sorts of different circumstances. And I know that this, 
there's one way God works is through opportunities. Now, one of the ways God speaks through circumstances, living in California, you know what we dealt with all the time? In fact, California is known for this, earthquakes. I mean, it's funny, coming up here or having friends and family live on the East Coast, we'd hear about an earthquake or they would have an earthquake and they would be like, oh my gosh, we just had an earthquake, how do you guys do this? And our phrase in California was, we call that Tuesday. Earthquake Tuesday, right? It just, it, it happens. Um, earthquakes, and we had lots of little ones. And I know when people think earthquake, they think the 1989 earthquake, which literally destroyed lots of cities. But in California, we would just have earthquakes, little ones. Uh, there'd, be, there'd be times where you would even think it's cool, like boom, oh, that was a cool little one. Because they just happened all the time. Um, my daughter Aurora is really ticked off that she slept through most of the earthquakes. We'd wake up in the middle of the night, and there'd be a small earthquake, and we'd tell her, hey, there was an earthquake last night. She'd go, I missed it. But that was just something we do. But, for example, in an earthquake, is God speaking? Absolutely. Absolutely God speaking. I think um, in an earthquake, small ones or especially big ones, God can show you the brevity of life in an earthquake. God can speak in that moment. God shows us in an earthquake, we are not in control right now. We are not in control. This is his creation. He is in control. God can show us in an earthquake that when people come to help, that there are those who have lost valuables and there are loved ones that are not forgotten. Man, when times when a natural disaster happens or when the, uh, the, the tsunami and hurricane came in Haiti, how the world came together to help Haiti, man, I think God can speak through people coming and showing love and compassion and giving. There are people here that I know that give their time to go help people in disasters. And man, when something, a natural disaster happens that shows we're not in control, God gets to speak through people on how we can love each other through that disaster. I think uh, God can speak on how his creation is groaning due to consequences of what we've done, consequences of sin. Man, God told us earthquakes were going to happen before as a sign that he was coming. So in a sense, when you feel an earthquake, let that be a reminder, God's going to come back this way someday. God's speaking, and this is how he's literally going to return. He is preparing for his return. So many times God uses circumstances in the world to get our attention. C.S. Lewis, I love C.S. Lewis, he said this, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Now in creation and conscience and in circumstances, this is what we call like a general revelation. Things we can, they're tangible, we can feel or see, right? God speaks in this way, I think, to so many people on earth. But I think there are different ways he can speak specifically to us. Those, fir- those first ones are kind of like what everybody has. Everyone has a conscience. Everyone can see creation. Everyone feels a disaster when it happens. Everyone has a life circumstance. But for us, those who follow Christ, I think there are different ways that he speaks to us that other people may miss. The fourth one is this then. God speaks to us through Christ. The very being and essence of who Jesus is. John 1, 1 and verse uh, one fourteen. put them together, it says this. In the beginning was the word, Jesus. And the word, Jesus, was with God. And the word, Jesus, was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the full and final revelation of God for us. When Jesus speaks, that is the voice of God speaking. I love it when, when God talks. God, we, we learn that because Jesus is here, God is not playing a cosmic Marco Polo game with us. He's not out there, you know, Marco, Polo, I'm over here, try and find me. Marco, nope, now I'm over here. He sent Jesus to be here with us. When we, when we read his life, when we read his words, we literally are reading the very words of God. 
Look at those red letters in your Bible. They are important. That is the word and the breath of God being spoken to you. God speaks to us, and he says it, that he's right here. How can we recognize this voice, though, when, when we don't see red letters flying at us today? Sometimes we have to practice to get to know the voice of God. He told his disciples in John 14, he said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. If you hear from Jesus, if you feel like Christ is talking to you, you're hearing from God. And bottom line is that if you want to hear God speak, read the red letters. If you don't have a Bible with red letters, it's all right. Just read the Gospels and read the quotes that Jesus is saying. When Jesus speaks, God speaks. Another way he speaks to us is with the canon of Scripture. Now, canon is one of those funny words. I'm not talking about like a pirate ship. But canon, canon means that this is the standard or the measuring stick. Like the, the Bible flows together. It's canon. This is all part of the same story. God speaks to us through the canon of Scripture. And this, this measuring stick or this divine revelation of God speaking to us, this is set and established in the Bible. That Bible was composed. If you do a study, and um, I can talk about it on another day, but it's, it's a long talk, on how the Bible was composed and how it was put together, you see God's hand on the composition of this book. It's the most translated, the most historically accurate book ever written. And it's phenomenal when you look through the science and history of the composition of the Bible. God speaks to us through the canon and the history of the scripture. I love that this Bible, man, it is a closed composition. Nothing gets added to it, nothing gets taken away, and we see God clearly speaking through it. There are some passages that I love to quote, and I'm not going to put all the passages down, but I'm going to put just where the references are that you can write down, because there's a lot of them that speak to how the Bible is forever and how nothing can add or take away from it. One of my favorites is Isaiah 40, verse 8. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. The grass withers and flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. I love that whatever was written in the Old Testament, it comes through to the New Testament, it still comes to today. It will stand forever. Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of the spirit, of the joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, completely equipped for every good work. In 1 Peter 1.21, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by his Holy Spirit. All that to, to talk about this book is not just a book. God speaks through every passage, every verse. There's something we get to learn and hear from God in this book. If you want to hear from God, read the Bible. Spend some time in his word. There is no other book you can read that will benefit your life more than spending time in his word. I think this is also the, why it come, means coming together is so important. When we take time to hear from God, we get to read, and then we get to come and, and share life with each other here in church. And not just here, I think that's why our, our alone time is important as well. When we open up our, our Bible and spend that alone time with him, he will speak to you through his words. May not be every time, may not be every second, but I know that the more time we spend, the more we're opening ourselves up to saying, God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to hear what you have to say for me. And this brings, us, brings me to the next way I think God speaks with us. Because when we spend time in Scripture, we get to see how God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is probably the part of God that we don't talk about nearly as often as we should, right? We have God the Father, we have Jesus, and then we have the Holy Spirit. There was a book written about the Holy Spirit called The Forgotten God, and it's, it's a great book talking about the importance of the Holy Spirit for us. 
The Holy Spirit's role, man, he, the Holy Spirit glorifies what Jesus said and enables us to understand it, enables us to obey it. I love that the Holy Spirit is our great reminder, our great counselor in, in times. The Bible calls it the spirit of truth. John 16, verse 13 and 14 says, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he won't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Man, God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. And I think this is really important when we talk to that question, come to that question, like, how do I know this is God? One of the biggest ways you'll know that it is God speaking to you, it will not contradict his word. One of the ways you'll know God is speaking to you and the Holy Spirit is infused in this is it will not contradict his word. If God says, do not steal, the Holy Spirit will not say, that guy stole your bike, go steal his car. It doesn't work that way. It's not gonna contradict itself. It will always fulfill scripture. It will always be backed by scripture. And that's a big sign that you know it's coming from God and not just our own thoughts or desires. If you ever see God prompting you toward an action to say something to someone, to do something to someone, and we can go for some examples in a minute, but just know that the Holy Spirit and the word of God will line up with that decision. That's a great testament to know that it's God talking to you. And one of the final ways I think God is speaking to us today is through his church. I think God speaks to us through church. And not just here on a Sunday morning, not just coming together, because this is a building, but you guys, we are the church. This is a building we get to meet in, and I love that we get to come and meet here. But we get to be the church. We get to live as the church. And God speaks to all of us, I think, through the church. God has established what we get to do as a means of how he communicates with us today. Romans 10, 14, 15, and then 17 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. There's, there's wisdom in, in God where we get to come together as a church and, and hear from his word, hear from his proclamation, and we get to declare that it is God as the one who's speaking. We get to share life and share the words of God with each other and hear from God with each other. When God is speaking, his word is being declared honestly. I, I know I do my best to try to speak honest and clear and from the word. The word church also means gathered saints. Right? Also means gathered saints. So just remember that. The church is us. We are the church. That's why there's, I think there's wisdom and an abundance of us coming together. The more of us that are pursuing God, the more of us that there are spending time in the word, that's just the more opportunities we have for God to speak to us through each other. Just like God speaks in Sunday mornings and large meetings, the more we get together, man, I think he speaks in small group meetings as well. That's why I, I'll continue to press small groups all the time because I think they're vital, a vital way to hear God speaking to you through community, through the church, through large and small groups. And man, if, if you knew you could go somewhere, if you could say, I'm gonna go hang out with these people and I know I'm gonna hear from God, wouldn't that just get you excited to go? To, to know that I'm going to have an encounter with God today, I know that gets me super excited. Um, every opportunity I have to get around a group of pastors is a group of pastors that gets together every second Thursday. All denominations from all throughout Puyallup, we all get together and we just get to come together and pray for each other. And it's not a, you know, my church is doing this, this is how my church is better than yours. It's not that at all. It really is just a, how can we pray for your church? How can we pray for each other? And there's, I know that every Thursday that I get to go to this, I'm going to hear from God. And I look forward to it every single month that I get to go. There's wisdom in gathering with people with God. God speaks through the church, speaks through his church. 
And I think that this can uh, really help us in some matters in life. So I think the, the more we unpack the word, the more we hear from God, we see some pretty black and white things in Scripture. We do. We, we see things that, that God will clearly say there are certain things that are wrong. Don't do these. There are certain things that are okay. Yes, do these. For example, some black and white things that, that we learn from God speaking to us. We learn that there's sexual immorality in the world. God's very clear. He says, avoid it. Avoid sexual immorality. God is very clear about giving. He says, don't hold on to your stuff. This is my stuff. Be generous. Be, be a giver. God talks about he loves a cheerful heart. He loves the giving heart. He's very clear, be a giver in life. God is very clear, he says, love justice. We serve a just God, and he says, I want you to be lovers of justice. We have the Ten Commandments, probably the most clear set of rules you can find in history, right? Not the Ten Suggestions, not the Ten, if you get around to it, the Ten Commandments. We don't have to wonder whether or not, is it really my calling to talk about Jesus with somebody else? Yes, it is. God made it very clear. Jesus said, go and tell people. These are things that scripture is black and white on. These are things we all get to be a part of. But when we dive into this as well, there are some gray areas that scripture doesn't clearly answer, and that makes it hard as we walk along to find the word of God. Like this one, for example. Should I make this move? Do I move to this new location? Is it the right time for a career transition? Do we move forward with this adoption? Is this what God is telling us to do? Do I take the next step forward in this relationship? After church today, do I get teriyaki out and about burgers or pizza? Right? I endorse all three of those choices. But there's no clear answer for these things in Scripture, right? This is where it comes down to now I really have to apply all these things that God does say. And when I make this decision, is it lining up with God's word? This is where God will use his Holy Spirit and his church, us, each other, to clarify life, to clarify how he's speaking. He'll use your friends, he'll use your family, people that are like-minded, people that are pursuing him, have the ability for God to speak through them into you as well. And when you make this decision, it may take a huge step of faith first, but after that huge step of faith, when you see God backing that decision because you knew it came from him, there's almost no greater feeling. I know that when we came here, That was a huge thing for us. We had to take that huge step of faith to say, we are leaving California. One of the things someone asked us, they said, now, you have huge ties to Creekside. I was born and raised at Creekside. And for a long time, I thought I was going to take over Creekside. That that was my plan. One day, Terry's going to retire. I'm going to take over Creekside. And then I get an email from this church. I couldn't even pronounce Puyallup. But I get an email to come here. And I remember thinking, We're going to come, and someone asked me, they said, are you prepared to leave everything, and how do we know you're going to be all in when you come here? And so that was a question me and Stephanie asked. We said, all right, so we're going to leave California. The housing market in California, you think the housing market here is insane. The housing market in California is nuts. We knew, we said, if we we sell our house, we're not going back. (laughs) We cannot afford to go back to California. And we prayed about it, and I've said it before, it was a hard step to take, but probably the easiest step, the decision we ever made. We sold our house. We, we cut the ties. You know, there's, there's a song that says, you know, burn the ships, cut the ties, and, and we did it. And we took that huge step of faith, and we've seen nothing but God working ever since. And it is so awesome to feel like and to know you are walking in line with God. There's nothing like hearing his voice. Not an audible voice, but I can clearly say the assurance he's given me in my path with him and coming here and being a part of this church family for me, was much louder than an audible voice. It's been an incredible voice to hear. It wasn't face-to-face, but it was just as strong. 
There are some things, though, I think that, that block us from this. And I'm going to go through these quickly because I know I'm, I'm running over time here. Some things, that we, we do, some things that block us from hearing God, sometimes it really falls on us. Sometimes we have sin in our lives. And sin is one of those things that starts to separate us from what, that, that path of God that we're going on, right? Now, I know Jesus came and he paid the price for our sin, but when we still actively live in that, it makes it really, really hard to hear what God is saying to us when we are actively doing something we know we shouldn't. 1 Corinthians 2 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. There are things today like, like you can hear my voice, but, but hopefully I, hear, uh, I hope that when you hear my voice, you hear, you hear God speaking to you through it. That's always my prayer coming up here every Sunday morning. Every Sunday I listen to the same song by Toby Mac called Steal My Show. And in the song, Toby Mac is talking about being in a concert, but he says, God, if you want to steal my show, I'm going to let you go. And, and that's my prayer every Sunday. I say, God, I know that I've prepared this, but more than anything, I want you to be magnified. I want you to be glorified. I want you to speak through here. And I hope that you guys hear God through this. But sometimes we can be in a phrase, a phase in life where we feel like, man, I feel like I'm reading scripture. I feel like I'm going to church, but I don't hear anything. But it could be an underlying sin issue. There's something we're doing that's, that's making it really hard to hear because it's hard to serve the world and hear from God at the same time. It's a really, really hard place to be. Sometimes our sin gets in the way. The second is stubbornness. Sometimes we're just stubborn. We don't want to hear from God. I don't want to hear. I'm very happy with what I'm doing now, and I'm content. Or maybe you're not happy, but God's trying to tell you something, and you don't want to hear it. Nope, I know what he's going to say, and I don't want to hear it. He's going to tell me I need to change something, and I'm not willing to change. We can have stubbornness. Hebrews 3 says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Imagine calloused skin. You know, we all have calluses on our, on our hands or somewhere, but imagine that's, that's like what's happening to our heart when we hear God say something and we say, no, I don't want it. It's like we're starting to put a callus on our heart. Our stubbornness can make that callus hard for us to peel away to then be open to what God is saying. I never want our stubbornness to get in the way. Moses even went through a, fr- a phase in the desert where he started to get stubborn. He started to disobey. And it wasn't until he softened his heart again that God was then able to speak through him and use him. But he had to get to that point where he said, God, all right, I did my way. That didn't work. I'm totally open for you. And when he opened his heart and put his his own self aside, God then gave him amazing directions and where to take the people. So the challenge then is to go back to that last time that you heard God. What did he tell you to do? And then did you do it? What did he tell you to do? And did you do it? The third thing, it can just be ourself. We're too busy listening to ourselves. We're too busy focused on ourselves. We're too busy saying the feeding the me monster, as some people say, that we put ourselves in front of God. And when we live for ourselves, it's really hard to hear God speaking. Living for yourself very seldom lines up with what God is wanting for you to live for. And when we live for ourselves, it makes it really, really hard to find him. When God speaks, self and all aspects of self really are crucified and destroyed. God typically doesn't tell you to go do something. Hey, go do this because it is going to just benefit yourself. He does things. I do believe he makes us better people, but very seldom it's just for us. When he makes us better people, it's so we get to help other people. We get to be a blessing to other people and work through and with other people. If we're just focused on ourselves, it's going to be really, really hard to hear God. And the last one is sometimes it just feels silent. We can't embrace the silence. What do we do when God seems silent? We're living for Christ. We're seeking him. We're reading his word. To the best of our knowledge, we're living a repentant lifestyle and obedience. But regarding your situation today, it just feels like he's quiet. 
So what do we do? What do we do when we feel like God is quiet? Well, I can tell you this from Scripture. Good things come to those who wait. It's a phrase that we all know, but it is so true when we're with God. Good things come to those who wait. And as humans, we don't enjoy waiting. We need something about Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime doesn't even like waiting. They do one-day shipping now. We can prime it. We want an app, we download it. We want a song, we can push of a button, get that song. Or at home, we have an Alexa device. We can just tell it to play a song, and it'll play anything we want. You don't want to wait on dinner, order the appetizers while you're waiting for dinner. We, we don't want to wait for things. <laughs> we want stuff now. But sometimes, we just have to wait. In God's economy, waiting on him produces something that nothing else could ever produce. Patience and trust in his word. I'd like to invite the worship team back up this morning. Let's go back to Moses for a second. We learn from him. He was in the desert for 40 years before he got, finally got his final direction from God. 40 years. I know someone probably here went, well, thanks, Pastor. I've got to wait 40 years now. 40 years until you're from God. And that's not the case, no. Moses did something in those 40 years, though. In those 40 years, Exodus 3.1 says this. Moses was keeping the flock of this father-in-law. He was going about his daily routine. Moses was doing this in 40 years, keeping his flock. Daily routine, his daily path. And then God showed up, and it changed the whole trajectory of his life. If you're in a period of time where God seems silent, I want to encourage you to do these things. Keep waking up and reading the Bible. Stick with it. Don't let the word of God be something that goes away from your schedule. If God seems silent, keep coming to church. Keep joining us online. Keep finding those people around you that can give you good godly counsel. Keep walking in truth. Walk in his truth. Not your truth. Walk in his Keep surrendering to what God spoke to your heart the last time you heard from him. Find that moment where you say, last time God spoke to me, I was doing this. I was saying this. Find that moment and say, God, speak to me like it was then. Show me something new, but bring me back to this place when I clearly heard your voice. Would you all stand with me today? Moses was doing what he was doing. He was tending to his flock. He was doing work. And when his heart was softened, God spoke to him in an incredible way. Let your hearts be soft. Know that God's word will always line up with God's word. The Holy Spirit will line up with scripture. And know that he is and he always will be. The I am is still the I am. Let's pray. God, I thank you today that you are always speaking to us. God, we, we don't have to wonder um, if you're going to say anything. All we have to do is wonder, how can we hear it? How can we put ourselves aside and make room for you, God? I, I pray that, that we get to do that today, God. We make less of ourselves and more of you. God, and as we do this, we hear your words. We follow your words, God. It's one thing to hear it. It's another to do it. I pray that we do that, God. We take your word out of this building into the community, God, and we live lives fully devoted to listening from you and following you. We thank you. We love you. And everybody said amen. amen.